Good morning. It's an honor to be here. Um, Westridge is a second home. Your pastor is my pastor. So um, we can talk today, right? Now, I know some of you are going to have a hard time talking with me because you can barely see me over the podium. This is Brian's podium. I, I asked him to bring me Paul's podium. You know the fun size one? <laughs> but it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll work around it, you know. Um, you, we just gave, and a part of your giving has been a blessing to our church and our ministry. I'm on fumes. I need you to pray for me today. I'm tired. I was in the sun all day yesterday for close to 12 hours. We were in our community serving those at an event that we host called Burgers and Backpacks. We gave out roughly about 500 backpacks yesterday to kids to help them get a jump start on their school year. I didn't drive my, I didn't drive my minivan here today. I drove a big old U-Haul uh, because we had to drop things back off here that we borrowed from Westridge. So everything we did, all the lives that we touched, the people we blessed was blessed in part by you. So I just want to say thank you for being generous because it allows this church to be generous in greater ways than you can ever imagine. So I love this church. I'm for this church. And I believe that um, what God has to say here today um, will help push Westridge more fully into what God has. But will we want to, um, do we want to stop and pray first? Seem a little appropriate? All right, let's talk to our Heavenly Father. We ask now, Father, in heaven, that you would be glorified, made much of today. Through the weakness of my words, through the brokenness of my speech, through just this wrecked flesh that I call Damien Boyd. You aren't limited by my limitations. And that's such good news. I pray that you would speak a word to your people that would launch them into a life of power and authority, a life of strength. I ask that you would lead them down the road of greater that you have for them. Don't let them live lives small, but let them live lives that are big, God-sized for the glory of this amazing God that we get to call our own. For those who have not yet received you, I pray that you would prick hearts and draw those close before you love them dearly. It's in Jesus' name we pray all this and we say together, amen. Amen. Today we're talking about something that has been burning in me for years. Uh, it is something that has just messed me up and it's ruined my life in all the best ways. And I'm sharing it with you now. So good luck. Because it is working in me and it just makes life tough. We're talking about faith. Now, that may not sound scary to some, but I think it's because we've watered down faith in our Western Christian culture. So today I want to call us back to what real biblical faith is. 
because maybe we got it wrong based on what I think I'm seeing in this world. We're coming out of James 2, 14 through 20. James 2, 14 through 20. And James writes, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, by, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Now, faith is one of those words that we throw around in the Christian context and it sounds really good. Like people, we can use the word faith in a whole bunch of other Christian words. How are you? I'm so blessed. I'm just blessed in my heart. You know, we, you know we do that. We talk Christianese. with that language that only Christians understand. But it makes us feel spiritual inside. See, that's the, that's the thing we like to do. We like to play the Christian game, but we can use that word and not really know what this word means. So what does faith mean? What does faith mean? Faith is only used twice in the Old Testament, that word, twice in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 32 and in Habakkuk 2. So what does it mean? Did they not have faith in the Old Testament? Hmm. Is faith a New Testament thing? Well, let's look at what the word actually means, and then we'll, we'll dig a little bit more. Faith means pistis. It's pistis in the Greek. New Testament language, pistis. To think to be true, to believe. To be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in absolutely to trust in Jesus or God as able to aid in either obtaining or doing something, which leads us to our very first lesson. Lesson number one, faith equals trust. Faith equals trust. You see, in the Old Testament, when they said trust, they meant the same thing that we say when we say faith. It means to be completely dependent upon, to rest yourself on, See, we, we think faith means I really, really, really want and God is happy with the fact that I really want and I ask him for it, so I get it. Yay me. That's some selfish foolishness. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith isn't God being your magic genie or your ATM or your slot machine. Biblical faith shows up when life sucks. 
faith shows up when you don't have any answers. Why? Because it's founded on the idea that God has said, so it's going to happen. In spite of what you see, in spite of what you feel, God said it, so it's going to happen. But it doesn't make sense. No, God said it, so it's going to happen. But no, everything in my life is going in the other direction. No, no, God said it, so it's going to happen. See, biblical faith shows up when that's all you have. When God is going to be the one to pull you through or you are in trouble. See, biblical faith shows up when you're standing at a graveside. Biblical faith shows up when there's no food in the cabinet. Biblical faith shows up when that kid just won't act right. Look straight ahead, they won't know I'm talking about you. Um, Biblical faith shows up in times of toughness. It's one of those things you don't actually know you have until it's tested. But how often are we running from the test? We're so scared of hardship coming and, oh no, look at all the women going to help. I need help. Somebody help me, please. But that's when it's a moment to step in. There's a lot of people talking about faith that don't have it. Why? Because when life happens and life happens. That's when they want to walk away. That's when they want to abandon. That's when they want to, I don't know if God exists because this is happening in my life. No, no, no. That's when faith actually comes alive. I remember um, 16 years ago, my wife and I got married. Greatest day of my life. Because she's pretty. And she's smart. I won. Y'all don't got to say amen to that. I'm amening on the inside. Excuse me. I was gone. I was in my own world, you know, just looked over there and was like, good Lord Jesus. Thank you. Um, What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, 16 years ago, my wife worked um, and her job was providing for our place to live. So her job was providing for our place to live. We went on our honeymoon, got back. Yay, we're married. Let's start life together. And then she got called into an office and was told, uh, your husband can't live here. But y'all told me my husband can live here. I need this job and we need a place to live. And she came and she said, what are we going to do? I was like, God will provide. See, those are the moments when People freak out, but those are the moments we should remain strong. See, I realized something as a, as a man and as a husband. Brothers, can I talk to y'all for just a second? Ladies, I'll let you listen. We can sometimes be so on our high horse about our ability to provide, but if God doesn't provide for us, we are in trouble. 
Okay, I know, but I work hard and look at what I can do with my hands. If God doesn't make sure that you got business, you got folks that'll work for you, you got clients, you got a job, if God doesn't provide, see, God is Jehovah Jireh and he's not stopped being Jehovah Jireh, the provider. That's who he is, that's what he does. It is our job to do our absolute best, have a good work ethic, give it all we have, and then we trust him to do what we can. Did that help anybody? God is not dependent on me to have the best job. He's not dependent on me to figure it out. He's dependent on me to do only what I can do. And then he steps in, hallelujah. I know I'm messing some people up. I just ruined some of your whole theology and some of But I thought you were supposed to be the provider. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's what it means to trust God. It means with everything I have and everything I bring, I'm dependent on him. I don't lean on my own strength because my strength can fail. I don't lean on my own ability because my ability is small when I'm really honest. But I lean and I depend fully on God because God can do so much more than I can do. So I'm going to trust the one who's greater. That was amen moment. Y'all just missed that completely. You, you realize that when you go out some meals or when you're looking at negative a hundred and some odd dollars in the bank, no gas or no food, and you're like, God, I don't know how, and then God shows up. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about me. Man, I've been talking about you. I've watched God provide time and time and time again. Why? Because he's my God. And that's what he does. What about those times you didn't have? God provided an opportunity for me not to have so my faith can be built. See, too often we, we freak out in the tough times, not realizing that God has a blessing on the back end, but we're freaked out because, you know, there's space in here where things don't make sense. We can't figure it out. I did not spend this much time in the first service, but this is for you. We can't figure it out. In those in-between times, anybody know about in-between times? We can't figure it out and we can bail on God and God's like, I just need you to get to the end because when you get to the end, you will see me greater. So yes, you have to go through some tough times, but if you trust me, if you have faith in me, I will get you through. And when you come out, I will be the sole reason for why you made it. And what does that mean to other people? It means they go, wow, look at God. I thought it was over for you. <laughs> Didn't I say that? I said it. I thought, I, wow. And then God is glorified. God is glorified when we trust him with everything. Amen? Amen. Faith equals trust. Second, lesson number two, our faith is proven through our actions. Our faith is proven through our actions. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, 
be warmed and filled without giving them things needed for the body. What good is that? See, this is when things get tough. Because a lot of us talk such a good game about our Christian faith. Look at me, I'm spiritual. And how many of us walk by those hurting and wounded and broken and our hearts aren't pricked? How many of us hear the needs of others and we don't jump to try to do something about it? If you can't say amen, it's appropriate to say ouch. But Western Christianity says, as long as I have faith and I believe I'm okay, leave me alone. Now, let me help you. Some of you are wondering, I am not saying that we can by our meager works earn God's goodness. It's grace. It's something God gives because God is good. We can't get to him because of our works. He came to us because he worked on our behalf. We can't do it. He already did it. We go to heaven, get redeemed, saved by what he did on the cross for us. Couldn't earn it. That is good news. But once you've received that gift, there should be actions that come out of our life because of the gift. And there's far too many people just happy to have Jesus, but they refuse to share him with others. They refuse to take all that God has given them and turn themselves out to give it to others. That's what James is getting at. But doesn't that sound like what people do? It's like, man, it's really a tough week. I'm going through a lot. Well, God bless you, brother. That's covering up with a nice Christian language. That's nice faith talk. Horrible practice. You see, I am growing frustrated with people that talk about faith, but don't display faith. And I think James was frustrated at the same thing. Don't tell people about your God, but they can't see it in your life. Because if you really come in contact with the God of the universe, how can you not show that to the world? Okay. Y'all trying to be religious on me. Look, I'm not just talking about it. This is how we live. A little over five years ago, God spoke to me and my wife. I want you to plant a church in that community. We ain't had no money. We didn't know how to do it. All we knew is God said it. 
You want us playing church there. We got negative 100 some odd dollars in the bank. Really? I'm sorry, maybe you speak to thou, oneness, thou, me to do that. <laughs> How I say that is, really? You couldn't get nobody else, or at least you, <laughs> you couldn't send no more money. You getting really old, God, and I think you're starting to go senile. And okay, I know some of you that your prayers lives are so much deeper than mine. That is kind of the conversation I got going on with God at the moment. So we launched out to start a church in the hardest community in the city of Atlanta, and I am not just saying that. When I say it's the hardest community, 60 plus percent of all murders that happen in the entire state happen in our community. Sex trafficking, drugs are rampant in our community. We've had offerings with a grand total of nothing. And that was an honest offering on a Sunday. Why would you start a church in that community? Because God said, and even if it doesn't make sense, I'm still going to follow him. Now, you want to talk about testing of that? Okay, last year, last year, like 2015, three times we came within a month and a half of having to close our doors. And we're trying to figure out what to do and talking to the board and we're wrestling through things and, you know, and the thought came across the table, hey, well, maybe we need to not do so much outreach. See, we're about 50 people deep, but we do a whole bunch of outreach and, and I mean, a ton of outreach. Our first Sunday of every month, we serve in the community. And so, you know, we're sitting there and we're not sure what to do. And the question was, well, what do we do in this moment? And I'm like, well, I know God's going to provide, but you know what? Instead of stopping being who he's called us to be, because he said, this is what we shall do. How about y'all just don't pay me? I'd rather not get paid and walk out what God has than abandon this thing that I know he still wants us to do. You see, that's when real faith shows up when it doesn't make sense, when the books don't look right, when we can't figure it out. I'm not just talking about, I feel like I'm not just the hair club. Uh, I'm not just, what was it? But I'm I'm also the president. I'm not just a spokesman, but I'm also the president. I'm telling you, I am living faith. I'm also, I'm not only the spokesperson for faith. I am, I'm not the president because that's Jesus, but I'm I'm, I'm on the team. I'm on the sales team. And we've watched God provide. We know we're going to be around at least for the next two, three years. And somebody on our team asked, they said, well, you know, we were talking and they were like, well, what, we're, what if the church goes down? And somebody else on our team said, well, if we're serving the way we're serving and we're doing all that we're doing, if, if this church dies, that's not a failure. And I went, yes. Are you willing to follow God when it doesn't make sense? Are you willing to trust God when it, 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 things don't seem to be evening out, when everything that you want and desire isn't lining up? 
See, that's faith. Faith is not about you. It's about a God who's greater. Faith is not about what you want. It's about what God wants and committing yourself fully to what God wants. Faith is not about getting stuff to consume upon your own desires and selfish lust. Faith is about fulfilling the plan of God in the earth. That was another amen moment. Come on, guys. That's biblical faith. Biblical faith caused Moses to go back to a place where he was a fugitive and trust God was going to let his people go. Biblical faith caused David, even though he was anointed king, to go back and be a good shepherd of sheep. Biblical faith sent Abraham out to God knows where to do God knows what because God said so. That's biblical faith. Will you be people of faith that will trust God and go and do and be not to earn God's goodness, but because thank God we've already received it. Faith without works is dead, it's done, it's no good, it doesn't matter. Talking a good game about what you believe, but showing nothing means nothing. I start to wonder if you really believe what you say you believe, if there's no fruit, evidence, actions coming out of this great faith you say you have. If all your faith does is make you feel good, that's not how Scripture lays out. Now, yeah, I know, I know you got your issues and you want God to clean and heal. I got my issues and I want God to do the same thing. But I wonder, would we stumble less if we did this more? Okay, let me unpack that for a second. I wonder if some of our our biggest issues are we're so focused on us that we can't follow God because our eyes are focused here rather than there. But you don't understand, I got these issues and I have this addiction and blah, 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 and I and I and I and I and I. Faith says him, 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 him. And then when you look in the eyes of other people formed in his image, you see him there too. So him, 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 him. I stumble less in my personal life the more I give to him because I'm not thinking about myself. That was another ouch moment. It was okay. Maybe some of our biggest issues stem from us being focused on us rather than locking in on a God who's greater and following him wherever he would lead. Just a thought. Lesson number three. Knowledge about God has to be accompanied with works for God. 
Knowledge about God has to be accompanied with works for God. So you believe that God is one. Do you, you do well. Even demons believe and shudder. See, James is like, look, demons believe in God. So you think you're doing something? Believing in God is not enough. Let me talk to y'all. <laughs> Believing in God is not enough. Preach it, brother. There are tons of people that believe in God. But the evidence that God is active in your life pours out. Pours out. I was, um, Tim Grandstaff was here a few weeks back. Um, he came from this church and uh, planted Genesis Church down in uh, Orlando, and he had some of his students serving alongside of us. There was a mother. We were in the community with his students praying, and the students are literally praying in the community, and a mother from the community, a grandmother actually, is driving a, um, a little motorized scooter, and she's coming over, and it's rocky ground, so she's, she's, she needed like a four-wheeler wheels, but she didn't have it, so she was truck coming. And so she came up, and she rolled up on us, and Tim and I went over and engaged her, and she said, I saw the green shirts. Why? Because our church is known for our green shirts that have love, period. Because when you've received the love of God, you can't help but show that love, period. So she rolls up and says, I saw the green shirts. I'm having a really bad day. And she started to cry and share and bear her heart. And she started pouring out. But the reason she came is because our church means something to our community. And when you see our shirts, somebody over there can help me. She didn't want anything. She didn't want any money. All she wanted was somebody to listen to my problems. And because you guys, I see you. I know who you are. When you come on the scene, I know the green shirts. And the green shirts are here. And I can get what I need. And we wound up, we just prayed for her and laid hands on her. And then she rode off. I saw her yesterday at our community event. She said, I've been telling everybody about how I saw your shirt. And I came up and you prayed for me. And you were so kind to me. And you shared with me. You gave me everything I needed on that day. I didn't think I could make it, but you were there when I needed you. That is what James is talking about. James is talking about taking your faith from something that's just in your head and providing what's needed to people who are actually in need. Westridge Church will only be as great as the people decide to be a blessing to others. Oh, I know we have a campaign called Bless. But that only goes but so far if you don't become a blessing. That means when you leave here today, maybe you need to look for somebody to, to, to help, to serve, to show kindness to. So when you go to lunch, instead of giving a minimum tip, maybe you give a 100% tip. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, that's when it gets tough. Maybe when you go to work tomorrow, you treat someone to lunch. Maybe when you go by that same homeless guy, you actually help him. 
I'm not saying that people don't have real deep-rooted issues that take a while to work out, but I don't see how we, the people of God, can walk by someone hurting and continue to walk as if we're not moved by it. And God in heaven is moved by their condition because we see him laying his life down because of our condition, and we can see their condition. And if we aren't conditioned to do something about their condition, maybe we have a bad condition. What I'm talking about is being people of faith. Not belief that isn't attached to action. Not trying to prove anything to God or anybody else, but it flows out of who I am. Because I'm a person of God and God's a giver, God's a server. And how can I not do the same thing? Here's the big idea. Our faith is on display when we show loving kindness to others as we trust God with our lives. Our faith is on display when we show loving kindness to others as we trust God with our lives. My friends, I beg you to be people of faith. Because we serve a God who's worthy. Don't believe the American Christian philosophy that just says, I went to church, I paid my tithes, leave me alone. God doesn't want your Sunday morning and God doesn't want your 10%. You know what God wants? He wants it all. He wants your Sunday, he wants your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday's my party night. No, he wanted that too. (laughs) He's not asking for your 10%. God says, I want it all. Why? Because I gave everything on the cross. And in response, you should want to give everything. And God thinks so highly of himself that he's not really willing to take our leftovers. He wants it all. That's what being people of faith is. People that give God everything. And we're always looking for an opportunity to show loving kindness to others so that they may get a glimpse of him so that they can receive what we've received freely. And then they'll pour their lives out for him as well. That's what it means to be people of faith. Are you willing to be people of faith.